Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis artist William Morris works with video. He mashes up newscasts, music videos, and found footage to create something new. This Saturday, his newest creation goes on display at Bruno David Gallery. William Morris originally wanted to make a video to give people hope during the pandemic. He was inspired by a song called I Still Believe by The Call. Well, that was the original plan. Then a whole bunch of things happened, and William Morris found himself singing a different tune. A tune by, in fact, Rage Against the Machine. That song is called Wake Up, and it's in a cover by the band Brass Against. And joining us to discuss his new video, which is titled The Protest Project, is William Morris himself. So, William, welcome to the show. Hey. So, William, it's quite a sea change to go from wanting to give us all hope to shouting, wake up. What changed your focus on this video? That's a good question. Um, The continual sturm and drang of the news cycle, I guess, Uh, the continuous bad news. And not just the pandemic. No, not just the pandemic. Uh, Also, the epidemic of, uh, of police brutality, I guess you would say, against against uh, black people in general. And looking at how that um, happened and how the nation reacted to it in this pandemic, this feels like the focus of this video, but it's all sort of brought together by the cover uh, by Brass Against of this Rage Against the Machine song. How did you come across this song? It it seems so powerful in this video. I was surfing YouTube and uh, I heard it and I decided that that was a song that warranted making a video about. So you kick things off in this video with a clip from Network. Uh, This is the classic film from the 1970s. Everybody knows this anchor, Howard Beale. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. What made you choose that clip to start this video? I love that movie and I'm always referring to it in my work. Uh, There have been at least a couple of pieces in my uh, catalog of works that refer to Howard Beale and refer to the movie network. And the piece is sort of like, the video is sort of like a pan and a critique of electronic journalism. Hmm. So uh, the pan side is that I saw an anchor when I was a little kid. There was this guy, Max Roby, who came to my church. This was in St. Louis as you were growing up? Yeah, this is in St. Louis. And he used to be an anchor uh, with KMOX at the time, TV anchor. And I can't remember what he was there for, but I knew him. I recognized him from television. And I thought, that's I want to do that when I get to be an adult. Hmm. Uh, that didn't work out. 
<laughs> Did you actively pursue that? You you wanted to go into journalism? Yeah, I I took some journal journalism classes and uh, I applied for a couple of uh, television jobs and you know here I am today. You're making video, but you're making it in such a different way. You're really commenting on the news, not filming it. Do you feel like that mm. gives you almost a better perspective that, that you can get to the core of what's what's really happening? Well, it makes me think that everyone should take the news that they receive from television with a grain of salt. Hmm. You have to uh, you have to do some digging and find out what the truth is for you, even though. Uh, Journalism, electronic journalism, does all it can to bring you that truth. In times like these, you have to sort of dissect it. Hmm. So Howard Beale is is kind of this mad prophet. He he speaks the things that that network uh, anchors usually don't say. Do you see anyone in our time who's playing that role? No. just flat out no that's a a hard no right there (laughs) Um, i'm sorry to cut that question short no i mean that's an that's an honest answer right there do you wish that we had somebody like a howard beale to just call foul on everything going on around us no i think uh howard beale's character uh is one who editorializes Mm -hmm. and editorial analysis is somewhat removed from news. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking about Marshall McLuhan and, you know, you studied him in college and medium cool and Mm -hmm. how the medium itself is supposed to be cool according to McLuhan. In, in that it is frenetic, but it's also detached from personal or subjective opinion, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, and is that detachment, is, is that a valuable quality that, that the TV news should retain? It's absolutely necessary. Hmm. So you like that detachment, that, that the video is just there recording things as they happen. You don't need somebody standing in front of it, hollering about it. Well, uh, I like the detachment, but it's impossible to, as we are human, it's impossible to, to maintain a complete detachment, I think. And one of the moments in this this video that you made, this is a moment that shows a CNN reporter. Uh, this is Omar Jimenez. Um, he was reporting live from the scene in Minneapolis while protests were going on, a black right. man. And police came while he's giving this report in front of the CNN cameras, and they come and arrest him and handcuff him. That felt like a moment for a lot of journalists where we no longer felt detached anymore. We, we were angry about that. Do you feel that? Yes. I think uh, also there's an earlier segment where a news anchor from CNN is is sobbing because she feels as though she's very angry about the uh, George Floyd killing. Mm -hmm. And uh, moments like that give 
the gave my video work some boost. Yeah, she's. you see her crying in your video, and I think she says, I think the quote is, I feel so angry. And that, to me, felt like a conscious echo of Howard Beale, who you started the film with, where he says, I'm mad as hell. And yet she's, she turns to sadness, not to anger. I was absolutely shocked when I saw that uh, piece of footage. I, I was like, I can't believe that she's sort of, in a way, stepping out of character to make this personal statement. Mm-hmm. She she shed her detachment there. Yeah. And so that's that sort of is, is part of what inspires the narrative in this in this video. We see the current events and we see people almost unable to retain their detachment. Is is that part of what you were commenting on? Part of electronic journalism is ratings. And ratings are separate from news in a way. There's a certain entertainment component. I hate to put it in these terms, but, or maybe I shouldn't put it in these terms, but there's a certain entertainment component to news. And uh, ratings are always crucially important. The truth is also crucially important as well. So there's a dance between the two. Hmm. Not necessarily in conflict with each other, but sometimes. Hmm. Uh... I, I I can't speak to that. You got me on that one. <laughs> well, we're talking right now to William Morris. He's a video artist, and his new video, it's called The Protest Project. You can see that at the Bruno David Gallery. Um, they have a new show that opens this Friday, September 12th. You can stop by anytime from noon to 6 p.m. if you want to see this video. William, I want to ask you a little bit about your background. Um, you grew up in the Wells Goodfellow neighborhood. That seems like a pretty unusual background for a kid who ends up uh, going to Washington University. How did you get from there? to there. It's just a couple miles away, but it, it feels worlds apart. Uh, I was bust when I was in grade school from my neighborhood grade school, which was Langston School, hmm. to uh, Wade School, which is on Vandeventer. Uh, at the time, it was a grade school for uh what they called gifted students hmm. and thus began my uh my ec- my uh, educational career on the south side of the city hmm. from there i went to uh a place called honors art which was half a day of art every day and then to southwest high school which now is i think um uh visual and performing arts school. Oh, yeah. So you went there, and then you went to Washington University. You said you thought about uh, becoming a journalist. Instead, you ended up getting your MFA. You went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Uh, When did you find video as your medium? As soon as I arrived at uh, the Art Institute of Chicago, I thought, well, I'm giving up on journalism. I think I'm going to be a great director. So uh, I took some film classes and discovered that was more difficult than I had had uh, had thought it would be. Difficult. Video seemed to be video seemed to be pretty easy and didn't have the same baggage 
associated with it. It was still relatively new. There weren't any prominent, great prominent historical figures associated with video. There were. I just didn't know who they were at that time. Hmm. So you were drawn to it in part because it, it just felt like it was wide open. Simpler. And then once you started doing it and, and you realized that, as you say, there were these great figures, did that change uh, what you liked about it? Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what has kept you, I guess, uh, attracted to video? What, why does it remain your medium even after, after all these years and about realizing why you were first drawn to it, was, it wasn't even exactly correct? Video is immediate in, I mean, I think it's the way that we have become conditioned to, uh, to digesting information Hmm. and, uh, it, it's sudden and I look to capitalize on that immediacy in the videos that I make. So there's capitalize works on two levels. Yeah, you can definitely grab people's attention. But the other part of capitalization, which is being able to make money off of it, that seems so much harder than something like, say, an impressionistic painting. It's, it's hard to display it, hard to sell it. Have you ever been tempted by doing something more obviously commercial? No. And why not? No, I love I love what I'm doing regardless of how much money it makes. Uh, I mean, I know that's not entirely realistic, but uh, I've been doing it for so long and there are scant few other things that I think I'm as good at. Hmm. So I, I keep doing this. Well, I this... mean, it's, uh, it's, you have to, I think, get to a certain level where you can see a profit from making video or or and that that has to do with institutions like museums or mm-hmm. teaching institutions or uh one way i've had some success is through writing grants mm-hmm. uh but uh you know just just I just stay with it. I don't know what else to do, really. And as you say, you, you've gotten so good at it. I mean, this new video, this is, people should watch this. I did not this. say I was good at it. Well, you said you got proficient, or, or maybe that this is the thing that you do best, is what you said. Oh, yeah, I did say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's a, you know, it's a video. I think it's, it's really compelling. And I hope people will go to the Thank Bruno you. David Gallery to check it out. And, and William... I, want to, I want to say that there are other artists in the show that Bruno has requested I mention. Chris Kaler, Patricia Olenek, and my friend Michael Byron are also in the show. It should be a pretty good show. Come it's... by, pick up some stuff for your house. It should indeed be a good show, and that exhibition is open from noon to 6 p.m. That's this Saturday, September 12th, and that's from noon to 6 p.m. Well, William Morris, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And we're going to end our show with a little bit more of Wake Up by Brass Against.
Tomorrow on St. Louis on the Air, we'll explore the uses and misuses of HIPAA in the age of COVID-19. We'll talk about a new project to dance the vote, and we'll explore how recycling habits have changed during this pandemic. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.